my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast brought to you by Beach Commute. Today, I'm joined by friend of mine, Jim Half. Jim, what's going on, man? How are you? Not much. Just out in Seattle right now for the summer and enjoying the Pacific Northwest. Jim's been traveling with our group for, I don't know, a few years now at least, right? You're also a Wi-Fi triber? Is that like your origin story with the our group that we travel with? Yeah, so I've been traveling for... I don't know, like five, six years. It's hard to say if I have to think about it. I first started traveling by myself for a while. I did some time in Europe by myself. And then, I, yeah, I did do a Wi-Fi tribe, a few Wi-Fi tribes and met quite a few people. So, yeah, I've just been really traveling with people I've met out on the road since then. So you kind of started this thing traveling on your own? Yeah. All right. So back me back me up. Like, how did you how did that how did that whole start? Things start. Give me your origin story. So I started working remotely. I started teaching programming online. And then essentially, like, my lease was up. And I was like, I don't want to get a new apartment. And so then I went to Lisbon for three months. And then did some, like, just traveling around Europe after that. So I basically... I worked a cohort, so that's like 12 weeks in my work thing, so like a full session of my work um, out in Lisbon, and then just kind of traveled for a while, met some people, and then I was like, I want to keep doing this. And then I saw Wi-Fi travel, and I thought that would be a cool way to meet people, especially going to like South America or something. I didn't really know too many people that went there even, really. So it was kind of a nice lead in both ways. I'm glad I experienced both kind of traveling like with a group and then kind of solo so you kind of got into the whole like quote-unquote digital nomad thing pretty early it was like five to six years ago this wasn't like yeah fully mature space yeah how how was it for i mean that's really taking a shot in the dark shooting across the continent across the ocean alone hoping that you were you hoping that you're going to meet people you had no idea what the hell was going to happen I didn't really care if I met people <laughs> or not, um, to be honest with you. It was more like just the adventure of it. So, I mean, I've always been kind of inspired by watching Anthony Bourdain's show. And that's so I don't know if you've ever seen that. So, and then there was a girl I met in college that we would talk about traveling all the time and stuff like that. And I think that really fueled it when I studied abroad in Japan and like really saw a completely different side of the world than America. And that kind of just like refueled it. And then since then, I was always just kind of itching just to go see what's out there. Yeah. And how did you end up choosing Lisbon as your first spot? I think it was settled on like the time zone and it was just like cheaper. Yeah. So, like, I was still working American hours at at that time. So, it was, like, I think seven hours ahead of what I was working. So, it was, like, doable. And then it was cheap. And then, yeah, it just kind of, it just fell into place. It was quick. It was just, like, I saw it. Like, this looks cool. I, I didn't really care yeah. where I was going to go. 
you and I have lived together for, I think it was like six, seven weeks, something like that in Columbia. So I know exactly what you do. Actually, I probably know your job as well as you do at this point because I've heard every class you've taught. <laughs> it's a little unique, though, because you, you are a programmer, but you're a teacher. Talk to the audience a little bit about like what it is that you do and how you got into it. Yeah, so I teach computer programming online at a company, and it's like a boot camp. So it's generally for people switching careers. That's the majority of people. And we do get some like people that just don't want to go to college or drop out of college. And then it's a 12-week just immersive in software engineering. So, like, learning full-stack web programming, data structures and algorithms and things like that. And then hopefully, you know, people get new jobs afterwards. I got into it by... I used to actually teach high school chemistry and physics and then stopped doing that. And I learned computer programming. I actually took one of the first boot camps I think that like came out like the first or second one and then I freelanced for a little bit and then my friend was working at the job I'm at now and told me why don't you come try this out and I just had a great time doing it I met a lot of people through it too which has been great like so many people from different backgrounds which is very similar to like some of the benefits that I got from traveling of meeting people from all different backgrounds so that's what i've enjoyed about it and I kind of just kept doing it yeah 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 totally. i didn't know that you were a, a high school teacher before this yeah yeah it was hell it's the worst decision ever if there's any teachers listening quit your job now <laughs> dude my my brother has been a, he was a teacher just what was it like the last six months so he got the first batch of students coming out of like post-covid like two years yeah. and just these wild caged animals stuffed up and it was a sixth and seventh grade which is objectively yeah. the worst time for human development ever kids are yeah they're incomplete oh, they're incomplete yeah they're not only <laughs> yeah, incomplete but they're, they're, they're just not models yet they're feral they're they're basically just yeah. like rabid feral animals anyways yeah hey, tip my cap to you that's that's brutal i didn't know that you were doing that so you so you got into this and then started teaching it and you're stir- you're currently teaching programming now right mm-hmm. and people that, that's correct people that join this program that you do you said a lot of them are switching careers and going into that a, a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are looking for they're looking for opportunities to become digital nomads so usually they fall into a few different yeah. buckets like one is they're trying to convince their current employer to let them travel or let them stay remote as they you know went remote in the pandemic and then we've got a number of people that don't think they have the skill set in order to have a working remote job which is like 99% of the case is is not actually true do you find people coming into this job thinking i want to be a programmer so i can start traveling some yes some for sure i, I wouldn't say a large percentage that mm. i've taught that's the main um, reason yeah, as the main reason, but definitely, definitely students I've had that have started traveling. I know some people that were wanting to do like van life and things like that. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say it's the main motivator, but maybe now though, after the pandemic, maybe that's starting to change. We're actually like, our whole company now is fully remote. So it'll be kind of interesting how tech 
kind of evolves and, and like I get stuff from Amazon all the time, like hundred percent fully remote jobs, which I, I wonder is like, can you even get people in talk anymore if you're not offering remote, like unless you're like Tesla or something like where, where do you have to go in? Like why? I don't think I'm seeing a lot of these, like I'm in the Bay area. I'm seeing a lot of these people or these companies that went remote. I think Google was one of them during the pandemic and then when people decided to move he's <clears throat> living in san francisco it's just dumb flat out sorry for any of yeah. our san francisco fans i've lived here my whole life it's dumb to live here period people realize that because you're paying 3800 bucks a month in rent plus you know a 23 dollar hamburger i saw a 23 dollar hamburger the other day i was like what yeah, the hell am i i gotta go i gotta get out of here this is getting this is just insane. getting awful Anyways, fucking digressing. I People are moving to like the Midwest where it's super cheaper and Google's tracking where their employees are moving and they're saying they're going to like downgrade their pay based on cost of living from where they were to where they were or to where they're going, yeah. which is absolutely absurd. But I mean, yeah, it's also it, kind of absurd. They're tracking them. It, it is also. Do I want to send you? I don't know if I want to send you down that rabbit hole or not. You could. I'll, I'll, give, <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you a minute and a half if you want. If you want it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, cool. So you got people joining to learn how to become programmers. We know that's a like a, a huge direction people move it's kind of a natural thing for digital nomads to do lower you know internet requirements fewer meetings that kind of thing let's let's back up here and let's talk a little bit more about your travel history so looking back now you've got five to six years under your belt you've been to a lot of places give me a few your give me like top two that come to mind favorite places you've been well, Japan for sure, mainly because it's so not Western. I think one of the biggest advantages that you get from traveling, especially early on in your life, is experiencing cultures that are just completely different than your own. Seeing how other people live, seeing that there are just other lifestyles that you can choose. You don't have to be bound to you know, just one lifestyle or a certain lifestyle that you grew up with. So I thought that was uh, an amazing experience for me, especially I stayed with a with a host family there, which if anyone if anyone's in college or anything and are studying abroad, I would highly recommend it living in someone else's house. And that was the first time I saw he was maybe him and his wife were like mid 70s. They were very old, but very active moving around every day, constantly like learning. He was like prepping for the next student that he would host, learning their language in the car and things like that with books on tape. And so it was really inspirational to see people that old still that active. And that's definitely left like a giant kind of mark on my conscience <laughs> about that stuff because I, I wasn't really exposed to that as a child. Yeah. Um, well, what what else yeah, about this and, culture seems so flipped upside down from what? Because I mean, you know, when we travel Western Europe, even Eastern Europe, South America, still like you're there's going to be differences in language, some customs, mm -hmm. traditional type stuff, but still you're you're in the same kind of vein. Like you're not really yeah. it, it even like the more you travel, the less it feels you are from home. It's like ah, I kind of recognize this kind of thing. Like still driving yeah, on the right hand yeah, yeah. side of the road. What what few things really jump out at you in going to Japan that you say, all right, that's an awesome experience that you really, really need to see? Well, 
The first thing, so I was in the northern part of Japan in Hokkaido, so I don't think they get a lot of tourists, like, at all. So I was basically the only white person in the entire town. <laughs> so <laughs> that was just, just, like, an experience I've never had before of just being, like, the only white person there. Which was interesting because I, like, took pictures with so many, like, random people just because, like, they've never seen a white person before. So it was kind of, like... I was on display. Did you like and that? And then just like, no, it was just, <laughs> it was just weird to experience. And, you know, everyone was very friendly. So I, I must say that. Um, but I mean, just minor things. So like, you know, at restaurants, it's like you, you like literally yell to get your waiter. Like, it's not like you just like put your hand up and you're like asking, you're like mm -hmm. yell for them. Or it's like sometimes you go in the, these little booths, you sit in the ground and then you got a buzzer. And when you click the buzzer, then someone comes or that you like take your shoes off in like almost everywhere. So like I was teaching at some schools and like you walk in and all the teachers, they're all like suited up. And they're all walking around in these, like, slippers around the school. So it's just, like, a little goofy there. And then one of the biggest things that I saw was the difference in the children's discipline hmm. compared to the U.S. So one of the, the biggest experiences that I saw was these students were maybe six or seven so i was like very young school and they were having lunch and i was in there and they're having like a curry or something for lunch and they got a big pot on this table with the rice next to it and all the students all had a job during lunchtime like so they like a bunch of students would lay out all the placemats put out their their uh, chopsticks and everything and then they would all get in a line and People would divvy out everybody's share of the thing. And the teacher's just sitting up there not saying a word. And the students are all doing this. They all go down to their table. No one eats until everyone's got their stuff. Then they start eating. And then for seconds, they're up there just playing paper, scissors, rock to see who gets the 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 seconds in the in the thing. And then they all do a cleanup without the teacher saying a word. Which, if you've ever taught in American schools or, like, been in them, that's just, like, mind-blowing. Yeah. That that can even occur. Yeah, the chalkboard's on fire. Somebody's yeah. shooting a bow and arrow up in the air. Mm -hmm. And then just the overall cleanliness of the town. So, like, people, mm. like, smoking cigarettes wouldn't throw th those on the ground. Like, they'd literally put them in their cellophane packages, mm. wait for a garbage can. So, it was just, like... I don't know. It, it, it's just much different. They got a different set of values or like way to look at things. Yeah. Sounds almost better. actually. <laughs> uh, some of it is, but they also got a very high suicide rate. So yeah. Right. They got some issues. <laughs> let's leave it on a good note. Jesus. All right. Let's, you gave me one. What's the second one that comes to mind? Second destination that really jumps out at you. Well, I love Mexico. You know, I keep saying that. The papers of all the digital nomads going down there now. So uh -huh. if anyone's listening, I wouldn't recommend going there anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling people the same thing, too. I keep recommending it because that's my job to do on this podcast. But in my brain, I'm like, don't go, don't go, don't go. 
it's it's a it's still like somehow mexico is still a great secret you know it's like the costs are affordable everything there's you can get whatever you want like depending on what part of you can get the beach you can get the mountain towns you can get the adventure you can get everything there it's still affordable the people are amazing i mean i can go on and on and on and i that's why i tell people to go but that's also why i tell people don't go because i don't want it ruined for me yeah Exactly, selfishly. But, I mean, I have to say, like, Columbia's pretty up there. That was one of the... Mm-hmm. That's one of the first places I did Wi-Fi trial, which was Same. a great experience. We met a lot of great people. And Columbia's just... It's such a beautiful country, and the people are extremely nice. And the weather's pretty great. Yeah. It's not raining every day. But, yeah, I... I don't know. Yeah, I, I would say those places. Also, I was just in Amsterdam. I really, really think amsterdam is actually a tremendously underrated european city did you it's see just Bobby? like extremely what did you yeah see, yeah I saw Bobby there. awesome yeah we stayed with them we had a great time but they got like beaches there yeah. i had no idea there's like a beach like a half hour from amsterdam like Didn't a beautiful that. beach huh. yeah and it's just like it's so easy to get around everything works everything's huh. open like i hate italy i was just in italy <laughs> were you in florence <laughs> were you in florence so bad yeah, I did Florence. And How long did you stay? And I was there for maybe like two weeks or something like that. Oh, I have an um, entire podcast. I think it's titled Why You Shouldn't Go to Florence to Work. <laughs> yeah, I was. I, luckily, I was not working. Oh, yeah, so, that's the way to do but it. Other than that, it was like, yeah, if you're working and trying to do Italy, it's going to be difficult, it seems like. Yeah, Amsterdam yeah. good, though. I, how much of this Amsterdam trip can we talk about in this podcast? Oh, we can talk about a decent amount. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 end on Amsterdam. Give me a few of the top top highlights. Well, the parks for sure. They have a bunch of beautiful parks that, especially if you go there during the summer and you got some nice weather, it's just really mm-hmm. nice being out. And the sun's out all day too, so to like ten o'clock, it, it, it's nice out. And then. I think they got some of the best museums in the world. Like the Reich Museum is mm. an amazing museum with like pretty art. And it's not like that Renaissance art where you just see like Jesus die 500 <laughs> times. So it's a bit more uplifting there. And then I would say just like kind of like walking around and like seeing the structure. So like it's a very bike friendly city. So you see a lot of people are very active. Everyone's kind of attractive there too, which is kind of crazy. It's also about a foot yeah. and a half taller than me too. Yeah, that's that is something though. It's yeah. the tallest place I've ever been. I've never, and I'm a pretty tall guy, and it's like yeah. it's the only time I've ever felt like, oh, I'm just like a regular dude like, <laughs> walking around here. <laughs> I was gonna ask you if you even if you yeah. fit in any of the beds in Mexico. <laughs> no, barely. But they all did think I was Dutch there. They all kept yeah. talking Dutch to me. I'm like English. <laughs> I'm like I don't know any. All right, so let's let's jump. Shit, let's jump topics a little bit here. We've talked about destinations, recent places that you've been. What would you say is like, if you were to rack your brain and say, what was the moment that it clicked in my head while you were traveling? You said, fuck yeah, this is why I do what I do. This is why I travel. This is like, this validates my decision to live this kind of lifestyle. I mean, there's been a series of those moments. I always feel like it's kind of a repeating thing hmm. of, of kind of that. So, you, like, as a nomad, I think you definitely go through lulls of where like, you're just kind of like, 
I wish I just had like a place that I could just be at with all my stuff and all this stuff. So I feel like that kind of thought is kind of always there. And then you also have the thought, I love not being tied down. So you always have those kind of like dual things. But I'd have to say one of the the first moments that I was like, wow, this is amazing, was my first travels by myself out in Europe. I went to Ireland with a friend that I met in Lisbon and me and her went to a Irish jam session essentially at this bar. And then we, we got there like right on time and it was just like the musicians setting up there, like a few of them. And we, we got, mm. you know, our fresh Ireland Guinness, where if you've ever been there, you know, the Guinness really does taste better. So <laughs> we were in like this little room with just like maybe like 15 violins and, you know, some mandolins and a couple of guitars. And it's just all musicians and us in this tight little room. And they were just like playing the just like most beautiful music. And we were both just like sitting there. We didn't even talk, but we were just like smiling the whole time. And it was just like a great experience. And then they like just treated us like we were just like, you know, people from their block talking with us, buying us drinks all night. So yeah, it's just like those kind of moments when you get in with the local people and you really just experience something that's like true to that place, I think is yeah some of the best moments traveling. That's always been my theme too. It's like one of those moments where you're, when you think to yourself, holy shit, this is just like a normal day that I'm having. And this is something that... Yeah somebody would be thinking back on like as part of their their two weeks a year vacation that one time in their life hey do you remember when we mixed with the locals like 15 years ago when we went on that Cabo trip or whatever you know and you're just like oh dude this is just a Saturday and I just went out and like hung out with these locals and this is you know this is just another day for me that that's a thematic thing for me too whenever one of those like super authentic moments pop up and you're like holy shit I can't believe this is my life Right, exactly. I mean, there's, yeah, and there, there's a lot of those. And then, you know, just going, like, I also remember, like, when I, we went to Patagonia, a few of us were down in Argentina, and we went to Patagonia, and that was just an incredible trip, seeing, you know, down there with the mountains and, you know, some performance enhancers. It was amazing time. Some PEDs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that might have to be a whole other topic. Maybe even an entirely new podcast that we run. Okay, so let's. T- we talked about the good stuffs, and we do want to be like as transparent with our audience as possible. It's not always just working from a beach, drinking pina coladas, all that kind of stuff. What would you say some of the more difficult aspects of being a digital nomad have been for you? So thematic things where you're just like all right, this isn't all rainbows. This is not like the perfect life. I got to, I've got to deal with this. Well, I think the stress of just like always like worrying about the internet or like, you know, when you're first setting it up or like you get to a place and then it just goes out or Mm -hmm. it starts resetting, you know? So it's like, that's pretty much always an underlying stressor that's somewhat going on so even if it is working it's still kind of in there so it's like hard to just like shed that off off of you and then i would say a lot of it too especially if you're like traveling with a group of people Mm. for me it's just like 
the constant interaction with people. Like, I think a lot of two like newer nomads, they always feel like they have to be doing something, like taking advantage of you know, oh, we got this weekend, let's do this weekend trip, and it's like. <laughs> You know, just for me, it was like it took a little bit to realize oh, it's okay to say no to those weekend trips and things like that. So, you know, kind of balancing of trying to just stay in your own routine as you're going from place to place. And I, I think that's one of the biggest things is just trying to stay in a routine as you move around. It's hard. And like, yeah, gyms are in different hard. places. You don't know where stuff is. Sometimes getting food yeah. is easier to just wrappy like thirty chicken wings. <laughs> that was specific, that, <laughs> that was specific for you too. Gets yeah, it, it gets it gets kind of tough. And with the the work life balance thing, especially with Wi Fi tribe, like I did back to back chapters, which is grueling. But I did not miss a weekend. I remember one time when I was in that first one I did was Columbia too, and I think I went like 17 days in a row of going out every single night. Like I did not miss a dinner. And by the end of that, yeah, I that was like, destroy me. <laughs> dis- that would destroy me. Destro- yeah. But that's like right when I first started being a digital nomad, I'm yeah. just like, I'm not missing a fucking thing. I'm getting to every dinner. I'm going to have every drink offered to me. And it is wholly unsustainable. I think I put on 17 pounds in 17 days. No work got done. It's like, you you can't man you have to somehow figure out like some sort of work life balance and not saying yes to everything for sure that's easily like the hardest thing for me yeah i mean i i think that's just the biggest thing though the routine and then like you were saying though about the gym like it's like every time you move a new place you got to like figure out you know where am i going to go work out if i'm going to work out right where am i going to work is it a cafe how's the, you know so there's always those things kind of like looming all the time which is a, a bit of a mental energy that you know i think that's where the longing of just having a place starts to creep in because it's an energy that's kind of always there that you know you kind of feel like i could just get rid of this i was just in one place but then you also miss you know so there's always the the light and dark, you know? Yeah, exactly. I've actually explained that before in other podcasts. It's like you, you only have so many like decisions you can make per day. And when you're expending a bunch of energy on things like I need to find a grocery store, I need to find a gym, then it's, it's a zero sum game. You've now replaced the energy that you have for work on that. And so you're, you've got this trade-off balance that are, it's constantly happening. And so if you're traveling a lot, like Marissa is a good example. She's like, I need to get to 99 countries in like 36 days. It's, it's like, I don't know how she yeah. did it. And actually since then, she's kind of gone back. She did an entire podcast on it. Like, is it a good idea to travel fast? And for me, I'm like, no, hell no. Like I can't, yeah. I can't make that many decisions and get anything done. Like I, I won't remember like where I, I don't want to spend mental energy on, I'm not sure where I put my shoes anymore. Like that's going to take an expense on me. So I, for me, yeah. I think the balance, the, the, the trade off there is just slow travel. Like give me, give me a minimum of four weeks, anything under four weeks. And I've got no routine. I, I'm like spending energy on, on shit that I shouldn't be spending energy on. And it's just like unsustainable for me. Yeah, exactly. And I uh, knew that about myself. 
I don't know, just this past summer in Europe, I traveled and I went, we went to a bunch of different places. Yeah. And I saw your Instagram. You were all over the place. I, yeah. And I, I remind, and by the end of it, I was like, remind myself, this is why I don't do this. Like <laughs> I had a good time, but I was also like that decision fatigue. Yeah. It's just, I, I just don't want to deal with it anymore. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm much more on the slow moving. And I, I also think you get more from it in the slow moving like now more now today i'm much more interested than in like going to a hundred different countries i'm much more interested in kind of getting to know Mm. a couple places like really well and like making some friend groups there yeah and things like that i i'm much more interested in that now i think you you kind of get more from it than one of the things that you get when you're traveling really fast is you only get like a light version of the place you're at and nine times out of 10, right? You're with someone else or some, someone like that. And you're, you're not really doing local things. You're going to a coffee shop, Mm -hmm. you know, that you found on Google maps. That's got five stars. You know, you go Mm -hmm. to a couple nice restaurants or something like that. And then you're out, You, you see a couple of the sites or whatever, and then you're out, you don't really get a vibe for, you know what the place really is and i i feel like for me i start feeling like uh, i'm kind of you know got a vibe on a place like four weeks in like, yeah that's when i'm starting to feel comfortable yeah there you know yeah it takes like three weeks of just kind of stumbling around getting lost and being like oh cool i found this awesome new spot you know this cigar yeah. bar that we found is like oh man yeah. i could have gone there like Another three more, exactly. another three more weeks. Yeah. Oh yeah, and for and the audience, I've been in Colombia for like six yeah. months. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. Like we just found that. Yeah, anybody listening that's into cigars, there's a cigar bar. It's like Cuban style cigar bar, indoor, outdoor, in Poblado and Medellin. That's awesome. Drink a scotch, smoke a cigar. Hell of a way to end the day. But yeah, it takes a little while to yeah. just kind of stumble on those things. And otherwise, like if you're just fast traveling, you're like you're just going through the highlight list, saying, "Oh, I got to get to this yeah. touristy spot, this touristy spot," and then you're out, and you don't have any of that like stumbling around, like, "Oh, cool, I found the awesome hole in the wall" type of thing. So you, you miss out on that. Exactly, it's like I, I think it almost starts becoming like a checklist of these things that have been done, which I think tends to kind of take you out of the moment. It's almost mm-hmm. like you're just like hurrying up to like, oh, I got to check this off. I've done this. And I feel like it kind of takes away f- from it. Whereas like some of, like we were saying, our best moments traveling has been when I've just like stumbled into something. Yeah. Where like it wasn't planned. It just kind of happened. So like being open to those opportunities for new travelers, I think, you know, you it will lead you to a lot of surprises and things that you would have never thought of yeah. before. Yeah, definitely. So let's jump into, I've just got two more questions for you. What, imagine that you are talking to yourself six years ago, just interested in becoming a digital nomad, haven't quite done it yet. What recommendations would you give to somebody who's like just about to book their first trip coming up in the next month or so? Learn the basics of the language that you're going to. So, like, learn how to say thank you. Learn how to say please. 
learn some basic restaurant lingo like oh can i pay with a credit card so i think that's a really helpful thing that and i would say you know don't pack too much it's going to be hard for you to pack a lot at the beginning you're going to be like i'm going to need all this stuff do i need four french horns or five i can't yeah yeah and do i need a 50 pound suitcase you don't (laughs) no you don't and i know girls are listening to this and like that's because you're a guy (laughs) no 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 (laughs) you you really don't need that much as a as a nomad that and the other thing is like nomads also don't care if they see you wearing the same thing every other week we're all kind of like that so yeah let's say you know travel lighter than you think you know and it's going to be a constant process as you're like learning what you actually need I mean, I'm still in that. I'm like down to, you know, having like two or three extra things that I don't wear when I travel. But I've been progressively getting better and better. And then I think that too kind of just goes off into the rest of your life, like realizing I don't really need that much, which is a good, good thing. So, yeah, packing and learn the basics of the language. Definitely the packing thing. I lived out of a just like an Osprey travel backpack. I think maybe... I think you need maybe five to seven outfits in your life total. I mean, because then it's like there's there's not a whole lot of variety, but there's enough variety so people aren't looking at you looking like you're a bum. But at the same time, you want just enough so you're not doing laundry every day. So you hit that five to seven spot. And that's another thing, too. Like, I've traveled with people that brought, like, two or three shirts. One of my buddies had, like, two shirts and it's like he's washing them every day i'm like "Eh, you don't want to do that so you want to hit that little sweet spot but you really really you don't need that much shit you really don't and people are surprised they'll get into their suitcase and be like huh i didn't use like two-thirds of the crap in here and and generally you won't use that stuff exactly exactly and then one other thing at least you know getting like a marina wool shirt for like working out or whatever one that doesn't take in the smell you don't have to wash those every day. Those are really convenient for traveling. Yeah. Good tip. All right, last thing. Where are you going next? Whew. Well, back to Chicago for a bunch of weddings. That's uh, right. You got wedding then, season coming up, huh? Yeah. Dude's been wedding season all summer from <laughs> the COVID thing. Yeah, and then uh, maybe in the States a little bit more. We'll see mm-hmm. where it's going in September. You know, I'm not the biggest plan ahead type person. Kind of see where people are at and then probably make a decision but probably south america somewhere yep same thing i'll probably see you south or mexico somewhere around yeah. there yeah yeah same yeah. as last time plan about a... seven days ahead of time right something like that yep yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah that and the other thing for new people don't like you don't have to adhere to a set plan the whole time you're going. And don't buy a return ticket. Don't buy a return ticket. <laughs> That's the biggest don't amateur move. Buy a return <laughs> <ticket>. <laughs> Huge amateur. You're not, I promise you, you're not going to take it. And your change fee is yeah. going to cost you more than a one-way ticket. All right? Yeah. <laughs> There's any takeaway. You do, you're going to be so sad the whole time on that flight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that whole flight is just going to be you sobbing, yeah. wishing that you were going to go on the next trip with all the friends that you made. One-way tickets only. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate you joining us. Do you have any anywhere that you want people to follow you? Do you want to be anonymous? <laughs> How do you want to close out? No, I mean, you can find me on Instagram if you want to follow me. It's Jim Half, I believe, on there. But get yeah. get some good sushi That's stories. 
Real yeah. sushi, I'm, not I'm at a roll. that sushi place that you were recommending, Shiro. I think, on Friday. Oh, yeah, yeah do it. Yeah. Ask for the omakase nigiri special, but you have to tell them it's the one where they just keep feeding you until you're full. Otherwise, they'll just give you, like, the menu one. If you say, I want the omakase until I'm full, they'll just keep feeding you every bit of fish that they have, all, like, the specialty stuff, and they'll also know that you're a sushi person. They'll bring you the good stuff. Tell me how it goes. Nice. I'll look for your story. All right. <laughs> All, All right. right. All right, Jim. Thanks, man. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thank you. Welcome to the – thanks for joining the show, and we'll see you next week. Bye. All right. That is a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd love to travel the world while working remotely and making an income, check out beachcommute.com slash 91. It's a document where we share 91 actual job titles from real digital nomads in our community. So you can get some inspiration and see what remote jobs might be out there for you as well. We can't wait for you to start traveling the world too. And we'll see you in our episode next week. Have a great day. Oh, 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 oh,